G'day for Rothers. You know those around us who operate at high energy levels? From friends, family, through to the famous. Those who emanate enthusiasm. They inspire you to be better. Their words give you a rush. This rush fires off dopamine right in the middle of your brain's reward centre. My theory is that at times, just before we need to hit our straps, to tap into peak performance in our flow state, we find these people and harness their energy. I call this energy froth. I call these people frothers. This is a journey to find the frothers, to understand how they inspire themselves and others to be their best. And I'll pass it on to you on this podcast, dare I say frothcast, so you can fly into your next challenge, beaming, pumped and full of energy. This is a coffee shop with a Red Bull chaser. This is Finding the Frothers. Oh yes, Mitch Garling is one of Australia's brightest upcoming comedians and the first time I got to see him perform was after the wake of my nan's funeral. Not something you would normally associate with funerals, but we unpack in this episode how comedy can be a powerful tool for froth in the face of death. Hearing this back actually made me feel refreshed and even inspired to discuss and explore post-death healing and the tools and mindsets we can employ to not only get us through, but embrace the tough times in the way that Mitch has. This episode swings from the love of football through to musical jams and our even newfound love for the place that both of us grew up, the central coast of New South Wales. There's actually a lot of froth to be had on the sunny coast, and I'm proud to be associated with some of the hell men and women who originated from there, and there's more to come on future podcasts. To Mitch's career, he's performed at most of the big fringe festivals and is a regular at the infamous Comedy Store, while also appearing in some rad short flicks in the process. Please be patient with the audio on this one as I was trialling a new recorder, which is no longer being trialled. But for the most part, the most important thing is that Mitch's delightful answers are clear as, and the froth is genuine, and we had such a good time. This is live from my mum's house, aptly at Wombrel on the Central Coast. So without further ado, check out Mitch Garling. G'day Mitch, mate. Welcome to Finding the Frothers. Uh, stoked to have you on, mate. Since, uh, fellow Central Coast lad. That's me. Hey man, thanks very much for having me. This is cool. Cool to have a chat. Looking forward to it. Hit me. Hit me. Yeah, hit you up. Yeah, the listeners have had a little bit of an intro to you. So, Hope first question. All nice things. All yeah, nice all things. nice things, of yeah, course. Beautiful. Yeah, that's, the, oh, that's the beauty of me doing that <laughs> not while you're not here, because you you know, can... I can say whatever the fuck I want. Well, well, <laughs> I'm just going to trust that it was a, a beautiful intro. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, hope that you've done me well. Awesome. Mate, so you're familiar with the, the, the frother concept. I am. Um, I am. And being a frother yourself, um, specifically on stage, mm-hmm. what is the activity or routine that you do in a day-to-day basis that has you accessing that peak level of froth? I guess, yeah, I, guess, I mean, obviously being a comedian, a lot of time is, is spent on stage or working on that routine. Um, so I guess the, I guess the peak, uh, sorry, the, I, I guess the, the activity or something that gets me to my peak performance or, or ability to do what I want to do. Um, it's just constant. I'm just constantly kind of writing in my head or figuring out how things are funny. Like, uh, an example, like my wife is, my wife is pregnant at the moment when she told me I was like, obviously over the moon, super happy. Uh, but then not, not long after a couple of hours later, I said to her, I was like, this is going to be great. I'm going to get so much material. And she was like, can you just enjoy something for once <laughs> instead of just trying to figure out how something is funny, which obviously 
she's not the biggest fan. But um, I think that's probably the thing that gets me sort of at peak performance is, is just constantly trying to figure out where things are funny, that sort of thing, if that makes sense. Mate, that must just brighten up your day constantly. Is there any tools that you use to record? Like um, I, I write all my notes in Evernote on my app. Mm-hmm. Do you have mm-hmm. a pen and paper or have you just got the ultimate brain? Oh, ultimate brain? No, not at all. <laughs> um, a bit of everything, man. Like if I'm... You know, if I'm at work, I'll, I'll try and just jot something down like in notes on my phone or something like that. Um, or if I'm at home, I've got a little notepad on the train. Same again, phone, notepad, whatever. But it's really just, I'll just chuck down a couple of words and it sort of will prompt me to remember that stuff later, if that makes sense. Like if anyone looked in the notes on my phone, it would just make zero sense like at all. It's like just like boost juice and like just dumb stuff in there. But um, yeah, I guess splitting it up between phone and trying to keep it old school with the notes. Uh, sorry, with the notepad. Awesome, mate. There's, a, um, there's something that being growing up on the Central Coast that I found that I took for granted mm-hmm. as a youngster. Um, and now I find it super inspirational, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is getting the train. Oh, to man. us called the train of death, especially mm-hmm. if you're coming from Newcastle into yep. the city. But that actual trip is one of the most scenic, beautiful train rides you can have. Man, yeah, hundred percent. Like I, when I like when I first left high school, I, I got a job in the city. Was commuting from Central Coast, just a just a job to you know get me by. I was oh, I was gonna do a I was gonna do a gap year. I was gonna go back to uni and all that sort of thing. Just had a job, and uh, that train, that train, yeah, it was it was the death of me. But now. Whenever I catch the train, if I if I come up to the coast to to see my mum, or even if I get the train into the city because I'm living in Hornsby, it's still a bit of a a bit of a train ride. You know, you can chuck podcasts on, you can write, you can just enjoy yourself. But yeah, man, that that uh, Hawkesbury River to to Woi Woi, all through there, that beautiful spot of the world, no reception on your yep. phone. <laughs> so you've great. just you've just got to you've got to be one with your thoughts or your notepad if you've got it, but. Man, it's a beautiful spot. Yeah, definitely took it for granted. Yeah. For yeah, sure. Yeah, I was, I'm pretty amazed. Like, I almost think about, do I just go get the train of death so I can get some good creative thinking done? Yeah, wouldn't that, good to just be, wouldn't that be good to just have a bit of me time? Mm. It's like, got my Opal card. Yeah. I got my phone, I got my pen, I got my pad, got my headphones. Let's go for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's have a bit do of fun. Yeah. Oh, man. It'd be, oh, man, I'm sure, like, after about oh, three trips, you'd probably be freaking insane but yeah, that's true but yeah. uh yeah man i don't know like every now and then totally fine but credit to train guards man i don't know train guards and train drivers i couldn't do it i'd lose my mind <laughs> i think just up and down up and down up and down but hey i mean that's every job i suppose yeah. in a way at it's least true. you get that beautiful that beautiful yeah. scenery man yeah exactly so <laughs> speaking of your mum yes um Anchor frothers, which mm-hmm. are the people that you have direct access to every day. Yep. Who would you say someone really close to you in your life is who, who really provides you with the energy? I guess, uh, yeah, a couple of people. Mum is, is definitely one. And uh, probably my wife mm-hmm. uh, is, is my biggest one. Uh, she is uh, my wife, Lou. She is a dance teacher. So she owns her own dance school in, uh, in Hornsby. And she is... Starting to be a teacher as well, but uh, she's just, she's nonstop, like she's on the go 24-7 kind of thing, um, always kind of working on how to make the dance school more popular, the dance school better, even just 
like I was saying before about how I make sure that I can get to peak performance for comedy, she's very the same. Like she's constantly, you know, she'll sit down and spend hours just like choreographing and, and things like that and just really trying to make the most of what she's doing. So I guess uh, that's, that'd be someone that I, I guess I took an inspiration from. If you will, mm, look awesome, at man. That's so important. The person you see the most of, most of the time. I'll yeah, say. yeah. Um, and you both work in the arts, which I'm, which I'm sure helps as well. Yeah, um, definitely, man. Does is there any particular? I'm going to ask you about music first. Is there any music that you use to fire you up before you go out on stage, or is it something that you know inspires you to to write? Yeah, um, there's a couple of like I've got a playlist on my Spotify. That's called give it a plug. Give it a plug. Uh, what's it even called? I don't even know. I'll look it up later. But it's thanks, Gus. Um, it's uh, it's called uh, it's called the greatest songs ever. The greatest songs ever, and it's just a bunch of different songs that really sort of either psych me up, give me good memories, that sort of thing. Um, so I'll chuck that on. Usually, uh, chuck it on in the car if I'm driving to a gig, driving home from a gig. Um, but there's a couple of real songs that sort of get me going. Um, is uh, Madder by Groove Amada. Oh, yeah. It just, it reminds me heaps of this movie I saw when I was younger called Getting Square. It's like an Aussie mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. But it, it used that song like in a montage scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, oh man, it stuck with me ever since then. And like, I've always just had it like in the back of my, not in the back of my head, that's weird. But I've always just had it as like my psych up song, which has always been good. But, um, and then another one is uh, Sweetness by Jimmy Eat World. If you know yep. that song, um, what I used to do is when I was working, when I was working the job in the city that I didn't sort of love every afternoon, as I walked out four thirty, five o'clock, whatever, I'd put the headphones in. And as I walked to the station, every day I walked out of that place, I'd play that song. So it had like a sweet connotation. Mm-hmm. If I heard that song, that meant I was done for the day. So like that was a cool little, I guess a little trying to make your own little victories in life. And that was my victory trying to get, get to the end of the day so I could hear some Jimmy Eat World awesome yeah well sticking more like I guess closer to your profession mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is there a, a comedy routine uh, which you still froth from oh man it's there's a lot there's a lot of a lot of stuff um, I think probably there's a couple of super famous ones that you just like wow that's like that's next level like the, the Jim Jeffries gun control mm-hmm. bit is a huge one um and then in like real recent times, uh, there's a bit by American comedian John Mulaney. Uh, it's called A Horse in a Hospital. And basically, it's, it's all an analogy for Trump being president. So Trump is the horse and the hospital is the White House. But it goes for like 10 minutes of, of just him being like, you know, there's never been a horse in the hospital before, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just, if anyone, yeah, if anyone hasn't heard it, get out there and listen to it. It's real good. But yeah, I think those sorts of, like the Jeffries bit and Mulaney's bit, I look at that and I'm like, oh man, like that's the potential. Like that's the right up there potential. Like if you, if you keep working, yeah, I'm not saying I'll be as good as that, but if you keep working, you might write a bit or find a bit that, you know, has the same sort of feelings for you. If that makes sense. Skyrockets. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Awesome. Um, so within your space, we talk about boundary frothers. So mm-hmm. these are mm-hmm. people that you'd like to access and they're within reach. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone just outside your network, I mean, that you'd really love to connect with? Oh, man. I think like, there's a few. There's a few people, I think, that are probably on, on my radar in terms of 
really, I guess, really nailing what they're doing. Um, the big one who who's out of like he, he's he's a mate, but who's out of the inner circle of comedy um, would be a guy called Nathan McCallum. If you know Nath, he's a um, Central Coast boy as well, but he's a, a personal trainer, but he's also got just a ton of followers on Instagram, does a lot of sort of motivational stuff and, and things like that. And he, I don't know, he seems to just have his head switched on um, and, and knows what he's doing, knows what his audience is, knows what he's, what he's trying to get out there. And I think he's probably out of the comedy circle. He's one that you look at and go, yeah, sick. Like he's, he's killing it. I'd love to be, you know, Half as successful as him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Awesome, man. That's awesome. The first time I ever came to watch you do a live show was Mm -hmm. here on the Central Coast. Yeah. My bro. Yeah. It was an interesting scenario, actually, because um, my nan had just passed away. Yep. So it was actually on the day of her funeral. Well, the show was on the night, but it was on the day. Yeah. And it gave me a good opportunity to pause and and to think about. when someone passes away, mm-hmm. I think we always go to the negative and we, you know, we totally. cry and stuff, which, totally. which we do as humans. Mm-hmm. And then we might go and to the pub and we'll have a wake and get absolutely hammered or don't drink at all. Um, but we don't really think about what the person who passed away would have wanted you to do Correct. in the wake. Correct. So, for yep. example, like, you know, um, does, my, does my nan who didn't drink a drop of, in her life, who's actually quite averse to mm-hmm. drinking, mm-hmm. Um, want me to go and get hammered? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So my nan did drink. She loved beer. So <laughs> yeah. we, we did have a few beers yeah, of course. with my uncles. Yep. And then me and my bro, uh, Tim, who you went to school with, mm-hmm. we went to see a show in Gosford. And yep. I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, you know, the tr- probably the normal thing, in inverted commas, would be yeah. to, to not go and enjoy yourself and, yeah. you know, you know, mourn the passing. But then I thought, you know, what would my nan really froth on yeah and it would have been going and seeing some comedy yeah and like definitely. just enjoying ourselves and getting on with life and stuff having a laugh that's yeah. that's it man it's 100 percent. like yeah i i remember that show pretty vividly because that was that show was like not long after uh my my dad actually got diagnosed with cancer and like we lost we lost my dad uh about a year ago now and that's yeah man like spot on that is 100 percent. like he he would have, you know, he, of course he, he would want us to, to miss him and, and mourn like he's, um, that makes sense, but he would want us to live our normal lives. And I think that's what I tried to do, especially with my Sydney Comedy Fest show this year, is that I did try and touch on my relationship with dad and then also dad's passing, like trying to use that content because it's, I don't know, as a comedian, people say you can't joke about certain things or you shouldn't joke about certain things and I completely agree in, in some aspects but when it's you know saying my dad's passing or, or something like that that's that's my pain like that's my family's pain mm-hmm. so we should be able to deal with it however I want and you know my mum can be upset my mum can do whatever she wants whereas if I want to talk about it on stage I'm going to talk about it on stage mm-hmm. so like if I sit down and try and write material and reminisce and figure out all all the you know the try and find the brighter things in a pretty dark time like if that's how i deal with it or or sort of rationalize things then i think that's that's what i'm gonna do Mm. that's what i'm gonna do and i think that's pretty similar to to your thing man like where you're like it's not a traditional thing to of, of course horrible day going to your nan's funeral but 
I don't think anyone would have ever expected you guys to be going to a comedy show after. Yeah. And it's breaking that norm. Like, you know, I can't actually remember 100% what we did. I, th- I genuinely think the day my dad passed away, like my mum, my wife and I went out for Chinese that night. And yeah. it's like, that's so weird. Like when you actually think about it, like, you know, you've obviously just lost one of the most important people in your life. And then you're like, well, let's, why don't we pop down the Chinese restaurant like, and just, just move on? But it's, yeah, it's a strange, it's a strange thought. Someone like, like my dad, like your nan, who has shaped you for, for so long, you just have to do what they think like sorry what you think they would want you to do exactly and I know that you, like your nan would want you guys to be having fun having a laugh whatever my dad would want me to be up on stage yeah. like doing what I want to do so yeah I think I think that's <laughs> that's a yeah fuck man interesting question yeah. interesting yeah, question uh, yeah it's a it's a perspective thing and yeah man yeah it's like you know we can't we can't affect a lot of the things that happen to us but we can mm-hmm. definitely affect how we react to them so. and how you move forward exactly. like you you know of course when things happen you, you do want to especially if it's sudden like um, you kind of have this I guess fuck the world mentality mm-hmm. and you're like man how like you just want to crawl up and and not die but like you just want to crawl up and just have a bit of a like Tim Minchin calls it a doona day where yeah. you're just laying in bed and you're just like nah not getting out don't care yeah. Um, but nah, you got to move on. Like, that's what they would want you to do, and just do what you love. That's that's what it comes down to, man. Just do what you love. Yeah, mate. Um, so, not to stick on the morbid topic, but oh, um, people who have passed can still have massive influence on you. Like, mm-hmm. say, you can read mm-hmm. respect dad, and you can write amazing yep. content. Exactly. I, I was lucky enough to uh, be at your Sydney show, so I actually got to, to mm-hmm. hear the content as well, and it was really nice. Thanks, um, uh, nice isn't a good enough word it was, it was like really uh, like it was a deeper connection that you wouldn't normally get with a comedian yeah yeah but yeah but it also had lots of funny undertones yeah thanks man get, thank so, you which is really nice yeah um, and awesome but <laughs> yeah so is there anyone in your life that has passed on uh, it can be someone close to you it can yeah. be like celebrity that you still gain energy from froth oh man I mean yeah of course dad dad is a big one um, I think the fact that I am a comedian comes from him. Like he was very dry. Like I grew up sort of, he was always hitting me with a, not a one liner, but hitting me with some sort of dry, sarcastic response or something. And it's like, that's funny. And like, he showed me heaps of like Monty Python and, and all that sort of thing. So I kind of grew up around comedy because of him. Um, I guess in terms of a celebrity passing that has really sort of sat with me, and I think a lot of Australians probably feel this as well is um is Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. Like I think he was really like he was he was the it guy for, for Aussie actors mm-hmm. and was really kind of finally breaking out of that mould of like just this, I don't know, pretty boy kind of thing and was really starting to get into like he'd you know, done Brokeback Mountain a couple of years ago and like he'd just done uh, obviously Dark Knight and was really kind of breaking out of that. And I think, you know, tragic what happened, of course. But I think the lesson I learned from that is is to to just to just go hard. Like just do what you want. Use your like do your use your skills to the best of your potential. Um, because you unfortunately you don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like he was a young dude, like he's younger than I think when he passed he's younger than what both of us are now. Yeah. So we um we just have to use what we've got. 
I think. And that's, that's right. someone I look at Heath Ledger and I'm like, oh man, that is so much potential that unfortunately is no longer with us. So the people that are with us, man, let's let's smash it. Like yeah. let's let's go hard. Yeah, and he did so much in that short period. Of oh, time, didn't he? Like, man. That's awesome. So it's, a, it's like you. you you can spend the rest of your life catching up to Heath Ledger. Really. Oh, man. Yeah, and, we, and both of us will, man. Both of us, honestly. Like I, I say, you know, Heath Ledger was younger than both of us when he passed. And that you have that quick little thought where you're like, what have you done with your life? Like, but yeah, none of us will either. <laughs> Neither of us will, will equal him. But you just got to do what, what you can. Yeah, maybe in our specific fields. Not oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think we'll, either of us will ever play the Joker. I don't think that'll ever happen. But yeah, yeah in our in our own fields, yeah, we'll we'll definitely try. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mate, so speaking of people um, like these epic sort of, I guess, out of beyond the boundary and beyond the inner circle and to that kind of super top next level. Yep. Um, is there anyone that you would love to connect with? No boundaries here. Um, and take me to the first meeting you would have with them. That's a pretty easy one for me, I think, growing up watching football. Mm-hmm. Growing up watching football, loving football, playing football, every kind of aspect of it. Um, the number one has always been, football-wise for me, has always been David Beckham. Yeah. Like, you I think... Found it. Yeah. Man yeah, yeah, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's not talk about the Man United tattoo on my back. I'm very, I'm very, just, I'm very upset with that 18-year-old decision. So... Oh, yeah, at least you don't have the undercut. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but, um, but it's... um, Yeah, I think he would be... He would be the hero, man. Like, he is... He's He's been number one. Like, I mean, granted, he's not playing anymore, so there's there's people that are, that are number one in, in terms of the actual game. But in terms of in terms of recognizability and, and things like that and, and what he does, like charities, awareness, you know, spreading the love of, of the game, I think he's number one. Um, and to take you to a first meeting, man, it'd be awkward. It'd be so <laughs> awkward. It'd just be, it'd be me. It'd be like going to like an art gallery, you know, like I'd just stand there and just appreciate the art of him mm. and not really realize that he's a real person. And I need to stand there and actually say words. But yeah, he'd he'd be he'd be number one for me, I think. Yeah. yeah. So what would happen is a pretty fun hypothetical. Yep. We're doing a show. Let's yep. say it's yep. in Manchester. Yep. And he turns up and sits front and center. Uh, do you engage him or do you just go and do the do the um, the set? I would engage briefly. Yep. I would not I would I would make some sort of comment about like you know, just be like, come out, introduce myself, whatever. I'd be like, oh my God, David Beckham. Wow, I'm a big fan. I'd sort of comment on, uh, probably I'd, I'd much rather see him in the audience than like a pretty girl or something. Or yeah. like th- there's that whole, as a as a comedian, you like, you really want to make like a pretty girl laugh. Like if you ever see a pretty girl in the audience and, and, and they laugh, you're like, okay, that makes me kind of feel nice. But also there's the aspect of like, you just want to make anyone laugh. You're like, oh, I like that. That feels good. But uh, if I could somehow make David Beckham laugh, that would be, man, that's, I've, I've got chills now just yeah. talking about that. <laughs> Take the piss out of Stephen Gerrard. Oh, dude, one. 100%. There's, there's so <laughs> much going on. Just, there's so much you can't touch. Like, don't comment on Spice Girls. Oh, yeah. Don't comment on Bend It Like Beckham. Don't comment on <laughs> that Miss Penalty. There's a lot. You got the red card. There's a lot going on. But, man, if I could, if I could make him laugh somehow... 
And then I would uh, hang around that gig until he left and uh, just probably follow him home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, finding the frothers, you put it out into the universe now, and I'm just sure that it's going to happen. Man, if yeah, far out. If if someone could uh, just everyone just just pray for me for that to happen. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's ridiculous. Like actually the idea of looking down and seeing Beckham in the show at all. Like one time I looked out into the show and I saw my ex-girlfriend and I knew that in a few jokes time I was going to make a joke about her. And I was like, this is not going to be good. Like, what are you going to do? Man, just the comparison of the feelings I felt versus seeing my ex-girlfriend. And uh, the potential to see David Beckham, man, that's that's sitting with me real nicely. Yeah, that's a, that's a good goal, <laughs> mate. Right? Yeah, get it in there. Exactly. Um, that. So, what is a, something I guess about the future of the world? You can talk specifically about comedy mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that you're frothing on or really excited about. Um, I think uh, something I mentioned earlier is that my my wife is pregnant. Yeah, that's a good um, one. so that's a that's a really good one. A um, couple of elements to it, obviously really excited for, for us to, to have a baby and to take that next step and all that, but also just the potential of material from that. So I'm really, really looking forward to uh, my next comedy festival show. So I've started writing it now. I've got until I think Sydney, uh, Sydney, Canberra and Newcastle are early next year. Um, so I'm writing it at the moment and yeah, some of the content that's coming out purely from the, the pregnancy and the baby stuff. Oh man, that's getting me going to be really excited brilliant that's <laughs> awesome mate um, so I'm, I'm really big on workshopping and giving people stuff that they can take back and mm-hmm. also receive mm-hmm. from it mm-hmm. if you could condense your gift into one workshop yep what would you call a workshop and what would the concept be oh man I think it would be if if I could condense it into one gift I would call it the upside the upside. Is that, did you give me one? Do you say yeah, you have one cool. word? Yeah, yeah. The well, upside. You have, no, you can have you can have the, the title. The upside. Thanks, title. man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. I appreciate. I'd call it the upside, and the workshop would be just how to find the upside in everything. You know, you look around. You know, the traditional comedian that looks around the world and and goes, "Oh, Trump, that sucks. Oh, the strawberries, that sucks. Like all that sort of stuff." But you've got to look at the upside in everything. And, you know, even in a horrible time like your nan's passing, my dad's passing, you've got to look at the upside in that. And the thing that I got, especially when I was writing my dad's eulogy, was it's like this is the hardest but also the easiest thing that I've ever written. Like it so makes sense. And it sucks losing dad, obviously, but the upside is is that I've now got a greater appreciation for like how strong my mum is, you know, things like that. Or... Uh, or how much, like with dad being sick, how much closer it brought me to my brother. So you got to look at the upside in in all of that sort of thing. So I think that's my that's my workshop. Mate, that's brilliant. Uh, yeah, and, and because um, yeah, you'd still obviously have your comedy on. Yeah, hundred percent. That's a way to access like some really strong change. That's it, man. You got to use you got to use humor in things, um, especially when you are talking about, I guess, things that traditionally are, are negative topics Mm -hmm. so you try and have some sort of humor involved um and yeah just using that using that to teach people 
how they can not how they can like I'm not I'm not there to say hey do this but more being like this is what you should try like you know mourn whatever has happened what you lose your job yeah think about it but what's the upside got more free time like you know things like that so Dude, we're gonna we're gonna see this workshop. I can feel it. I'm Man, I think uh, yeah, I'm gonna need a copy of this audio, my friend, because uh, I've got something to uh, copyright. Yeah, exactly. That's all right. Um, there's actually a sick book called The Obstacles of the Way. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I might send that to you. Man, send so it to me, please. Podcast, yeah, man. Because it's, it's such a it's only a short book. And yeah, you can, like punch out little, but the the examples they use in it and the people who've gone through the adversity yeah, yeah, yeah. and they yeah. just use that as the catalyst for. Um, so true. change and, yeah. and becoming a better human is like is so epic um, yeah so mate you're a frother how can people access you um through through socials socials yeah. uh i'm on uh, on instagram facebook just at mitch garling um and then on twitter at snitch garling um so yeah jump on there and chucking up videos and show times or show show events dates whatever um and yeah just trying to get some Trying to get some content out there, spread the word of the coast, all that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, chuck us a follow. Mate, that's awesome. I'm, oh, I'll be at the next one. So um, I'll probably post up somewhere which show I'm going to go to. So yeah, man. That'll be great. Bring on some, some of the frothers from the Frother Podcast listeners. Love it. Love it. It'll be good. Um, yeah, man. I just got to gotta write this show for the next festival next yeah. year and... And then we'll chuck it out and we'll get everyone there. It'll be sick. Mate, is it like school? Do you do you like get to, you know, you've got a show the next day and you haven't written it yet or do you need to give yourself a good period? Oh, man, there's, yeah, there's there's certainly, definitely not the night before, like your yep. traditional, like it's 3am and I haven't written the English essay, but definitely like, like I think this year, uh, coming into Sydney Comedy Fest, like after Melbourne Comedy Fest, it was fine because I'd done the show and it was fine. But at Sydney... A lot of the jokes I did in the Melbourne show, um, I had done in the Sydney show the year before. Like the Melbourne show is almost like a best of, yep. if you will. So when it came time to do the Sydney show, there was about a gap of about 10 minutes in the middle where I didn't have anything written. And I was like, what am I going to do? It was about two or three weeks out. So I just sat down and tried to tie in, like write all these jokes that tied into the other stuff. And then that two weeks leading into Sydney Comedy Fest, I was just like hitting open mics every night, just trying it to see if it worked. And it's like, oh, that sort of had legs. Oh, that sucked. Like, or, or not sucked, but it was like, that's not there yet. This has legs. Let's run with them, see what happens. And tied it all into the show and, and everyone seemed to enjoy the mate, show. Seamless. So. Perfect. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, Didn't, even stuff, Didn't even know. Didn't even know. So yeah, as part of the Finding the Frothers podcast, we're mm-hmm. all about connecting you with Frothers. Hopefully we will get that meeting in with David Beckham. Oh, um, yeah. Yes, please. In, I'm turning to the PA, so yeah. it's in the, oh, in the works already. Um, but there's someone who's actually from the Central Coast, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's such a frother. He'll be on the podcast at some stage. But I'd really love to link you up with Tommy Franklin Smiles. Sure. Yep. He is a sober raver, so you can find him. He, you know, you can find him <laughs> online. He's a yeah. dancing um, legend uh, with an absolute turbo beard. So you know, you get on mate, quite well. How good's that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll connect you guys up, and mate. That's sick. Um, thanks so much for coming and hanging out. No Actually, worries, in my mum's house. Yeah, shout out really to your wife. mum who yep. has um, gone out for the day. Uh, yeah, she's, in she's, she's, she's in Europe. She's in Europe. She's gone out for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, thanks for having me, man. This has no worries, been mate. good fun and, and a good chat. We got some, we got deep, but we 
we had a good time. Yeah, we got deep, but we provided some froth, so hopefully you guys are energised to um, to run at your day like yeah. we are now. Yeah, man. Let's go. Uh, let's go see what Bexy's up to. Yeah. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Quick one, guys. To keep this show afloat, feel free to subscribe and share the love. Maybe even leave a cheeky comment review. That'd be awesome. You can find the show notes on my website at bennywallington.com. And finally, this episode was sponsored by my grandma, Joyce Reichel, who passed away last year from dementia. She was one of the original frothers and would talk to anyone on the bus, train, or wherever and generously impart her energy and wisdom. So if you see an elderly person who is looking for someone to froth with, go and hang out with them. They've got the best stories. Also, a huge shout out to our producer, Lily Haynes, for bringing this to life and Billy Otto, who created that beautiful introduction in true Billy Otto style. Also, my buddies in Australia and the UK who have been super generous in swimming me feedback. In a way, all of you guys are sponsoring me with your time. Love to the guests, past and future, and also to you guys for listening. Ciao for now. You!